You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. With me is David Johnson. It's going to be Bradley Sal, but guess what? talk to Tyler Myers, Ole Miss baseball reliever, for 30 minutes or so, and football stuff is happening this week. And the only person to talk to is the football guy at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and food of 247 Sports, the website that I write for, my good buddy David. Hey, man. What's going on? How are you? I am doing good, man. Glad that uh, you mentioned football stuff going on that for the first time in about 16 months, we're going to have college football prospects in Oxford this weekend, officially, you know, you had some guys show up at the Grove Bowl on their own dime, their own time, things like that. But the full interaction with the coaching staff will be going on starting Friday night with these prospect camps. And I'm excited, Ben. I'm excited. I expect there to be some tremendous numbers in town because these kids haven't been able to, to, to camp for well over a year. You're going to be busy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. But uh, you know what? That's one of the most enjoyable parts of the job is to go out there and meet these kids and uh, talk to them and be able to eyeball them on the hoof, you know, kind of going, man, this guy looks like he can play ball. And then be able to, uh, you know, watch the camp, observe the camps and see uh, see some guys and what they're capable of doing and uh, particularly learning about new guys because there won't just be class of 2022 kids in there. There'll be kids from the 24 class with three years of high school ball left to play. And, uh, you know, it's fun. It's exciting to see a kid for the first time and go, you know what, this kid's going to be an SEC football player one day. We're going to do a recruit check about all the camp stuff. I want to do the lead on football players, newcomers reporting on Monday but I wanted to start one place because I haven't talked to you about this, well, at least on this podcast, since it happened. A couple of things. First of all, Jake Thornton hired as the offensive line coach. So real quick, before we jump into the big stuff, what did you think about the hire of Jake Thornton? Yeah, I don't know much about Jake other than what we've been able to uh, learn from his uh, you know, career bio and things like that. Haven't met him yet. Uh I've talked to him a, a little bit on Twitter, just trading DMs over the course of the last week. Uh, 
you know, certainly, uh, you know, I think he's certainly going to be a capable hire. Uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting him this weekend while we're doing the camps out there. But, um, you know, I read the message boards like everybody else. You know, a lot of fans, I ain't going to say a lot, but some fans have voiced some concern over his youth, his lack of experience, particularly on this level. I don't have any of those concerns with Jake Thornton simply because uh, Nick Saban thought enough of him to put him on his Alabama staff as a graduate assistant, which let me tell you something, that's the hardest and most competitive GA in the country to get is to be a GA for Nick Saban at Alabama. Jake Thornton got that job, and Jake Thornton was successful at Tennessee Tech, and he was successful at Gardner-Webb. Lane Kiffin saw something in Jake Thornton, obviously had some ties with him from both of their times on the Alabama staff, and I don't have any concerns. And from what I've observed in the first few days of Jake Thornton being on the job, man, he's been out there rolling out offers left and right, and some new names added to the board. For instance, on Memorial Day, he offers Percy Lewis, the JUCO offensive tackle out of Mississippi Gulf Coast. Ole Miss has not offered that guy. He's a 2022 rated as the number one overall junior college player in America. Not just the top JUCO offensive tackle, number one O tackle in America in the JUCO ranks. He's committed to Oregon. Can Ole Miss flip him? Well, by God, we're about to find out because Jake Thornton rolled an offer out to him. He's a massive man, six foot eight, three hundred and sixty pounds. Think about that. Think about that. Jesus um, Christ. So that's we'll big. see what happens there. But I like what Thornton's doing. He's out there quickly establishing his old miss contact with all of these top offensive linemen. Got a slew of them that are going to be here this summer for the camps. And uh, I mean, I give him an A plus so far. I mean, we're only what, four or five days into it, but uh, he's, he's hit the trail running. Well, I give you an A-plus because you're the one that broke the news that he was being hired, and you and I have talked about this countless times because we talk every single day, but we felt like this was the type of hire that he would have to make because of the weirdness, let's say weirdness, of the hiring yeah. and firing process for him. So in that respect, does it follow along with what you thought he would do, kind of the type of hire you thought he would make? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, you've got a lot of guys with a lot more experience than, uh, than let's say, what Jake Thornton has at this point of his career. But, uh, you know, there aren't a lot of top-notch O-line coaches just floating around there in late May, June, in early June. So, uh, you know, you've got to go for a guy that uh, your hire is going to elevate his career, which certainly going from Gardner-Webb to Ole Miss is – is a big jump for Jake Thornton. Um, you know, we also anticipated he would look at some guys who already knew the system here, and he did by looking at Eric Abel, who's an offensive analyst up at Tennessee. Abe's was a, a graduate assistant at Ole Miss until December and uh, worked hand-in-hand with Randy Clements, so he knew the language, knew the terminology, and he was one of the finalists for the job. He got brought in here and was interviewed here in Oxford. Ultimately, Lane decides to go with Thornton, and, uh, you know, I, I like it. I like it. I mean, you don't have to have a pedigree to be able to perform at this level. Uh, all those guys with pedigrees got their break at one point or another in their career. Lane's given a young coach an opportunity here. I like it. All right, before we jump into the big ticket items, another thing that came down on Tuesday, the Grove will be fully opened in the fall. So, hey, 
yes, normalcy. It's returning here. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'll have to admit something here. I have not been to the Grove in 10 years. 10 years. Wow. And, you know, part part of – well, well, the reason for that is, of course, you know, we've got a game to cover. And, well, a lot of times we have pregame things we're doing, such as TV spots or radio spots and things like that. So when, uh, you know, when my son, Eli, was playing for the Rebels, I would always go there next to the new bell tower because it's right by the stadium. I'd watch the Rebels come into the stadium with the Walk of Champions, but uh, generally uh, I stayed pretty close to the press box where where my laptop was and all my other stuff. So haven't wandered out in the Grove in a while. Uh, I may do that this fall uh, just for the heck of it, and uh, uh, but but uh, will not partake in any pregame libations. I haven't been out to the Grove in a long time too, but still to return to that – it's such a big part of the Ole Miss experience. That was big news, and you it reported is. it on the Ole Miss Spirit on Tuesday. And I think everybody welcomes that because, again, it feels like Ole Miss football and just sports in the world in general is starting to get back to normal, which, let's be honest, yeah. no matter where you fall on any type of spectrum, every one of us are ready to get on with our lives here. Yeah, you know, when I tweeted that out Tuesday morning uh, when the news broke, almost hashtagged it, go to hell COVID, because, you know, every little thing like this is a victory for all of us over this damn virus that uh, has touched so many of our lives, mine included. And uh, You're specifically, you know, I, I, David. I mean, I'm going to say, well, look, you're one of my dear friends. I'm glad you're still here. Man, we can talk about it now. You know, starting to look at things, get back to normal. Here you are, and you're talking about it, and my God, I mean, thinking of – the nightmare that it was. Holy cow. Yeah. For everybody. I mean, people scared to go out of their house to the grocery store, risking your life. You're thinking by, you know, walking into a convenience store, things like that. I mean, it drastically changed my family's life. Um, it's changed me physically. Uh, but you know, so every time I see a little victory like that, you know, man, I, I, I really, I really get emotional. I mean, you know, we beat this virus. We're in the process of beating it down right now. And, uh, you know, it, it just shows how great of a nation we live in. I think America has been at the forefront of being able to resolve this situation, develop vaccines and things like that. And, uh, you know, our country's in great shape. There's still some countries in the world that aren't. And uh, I think we're getting to a point where, as a nation, we can help those countries as well and stamp this off the face of planet Earth. But I, I, I do. I take great joy in every little reopening and things like that. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm bulletproof. I feel like I'm bulletproof. Yeah. Yeah, you and I were on the same vaccination schedule. We got both Damn shots right. on the same day. Damn right. So and everybody, I think everybody in my family, well, my, my son has refused to take the vaccine. Um, <clears throat> so... Uh, he is still being COVID tested weekly in the football program out of New Mexico State. Uh, my daughter is not taking it yet. My oldest daughter, um, my youngest daughter doesn't need it. My wife and I have taken it um, both rounds and uh, we're good to go. My youngest daughter is just concerned about, you know, could there possibly be future ramifications in terms of uh, reproduction and things like that. Uh, my son's not taking it just because he's stubborn. <laughs> so anyway, we kind of strayed there a little bit, but the Grove back to full force, 
man, there's going to be some uh, nice bourbon cocktails floating around out there. Yes. First game, which is what, September 11th, Austin P first home game. So uh, should be a big old Miss win, big-time party in Oxford for sure. I might actually go out there. I really might, just to see it, because it's felt like forever. Yes, yeah, a nighttime kickoff, too, so you can get out there at 10 o'clock in the morning and, and really get your game on before kickoff. That's dangerous for me. You know that. That's dangerous. <laughs> drinking all day. All right, got some big things to touch on. Let's jump to the lead. What am I hearing? The lead. We're going gorilla. We're taking it to the streets while keeping an eye on the street. The lead brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Are you tired of working nine to five for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our phone line sponsor, Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, is looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. And no background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who's highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas through Facebook or his number at 662 296 0186. That's 662-296-0186. Okay, David, so Monday was moving day for the remaining newcomers for Ole Miss football. Well, Monday has since come and gone. Now, three guys aren't going to be here until a little bit later. It has nothing to do with anything nefarious. They simply have to finish school. They're graduating late. And one of those is Tywin Malone. Another one is Talik Robbins. And then Chance Campbell at Maryland, the transfer, the linebacker from Maryland. Now, looking at the guys that are coming on campus and arriving finally, who are a couple of guys you're really paying attention to? You know, uh, no one, to be honest with you, because right now there's nothing they're going to do until fall camp rolls around that's going to make me go, ooh-wee, this guy's just going to be out there and uh, making an impact right off the bat. We've got to wait on that. As much as you know, you'd like to sit here you know, the 1st of June and speculate on – on you know which of these eight new guys who just got to campus on Monday are going to be able to help immediately. You can't do it. You can't do it. I'd be doing a disservice to our readers if I sat here and said that. Now, I will say this, though. If I had three guys I could have picked that I wanted here on June 1, it would have been Taiwan Malone, Talik Robbins, and Chance Campbell, the three that aren't here. Mm-hmm. Um, just Just because, you know... From a defensive tackle standpoint, you know, your hope is Taiwan Malone and Talik Robbins are both going to be able to come in here and provide some rotational depth immediately. Now, we don't know that that's going to happen. And I can tell you, based on conversations I've had, the Ole Miss coaching staff doesn't know that's going to happen. They're not leaping to any conclusions about these guys, but the hope is still there. And then with Campbell, I mean, he's a known commodity. We all saw what he did last year at Maryland. He's going to be able to come in here and provide some depth with the linebackers in the middle. And, uh, you know, he's a very intelligent player. He's a hard hitter. He's a hustler. He swarms the football. And it gives you more depth there on the inside at the linebacker position with Jacquez Jones, who I think has really solidified himself as the as the number one guy on the inside of the linebacker core. Uh, and then um, – you know, you couple Campbell with a guy like Momo Sanogo, who has seen his playing time decrease as Jacquez Jones has progressed and, and gotten better as a football player. Uh, 
you feel really good about the Rebels' depth at inside linebacker, Ben. Um, you know, so I would have liked uh, all three of those guys to be here. As you mentioned, they're all on the way. Campbell's just finishing up some grad school stuff as he'll be in grad school at Ole Miss. And then Taiwan Malone and Talik Robbins. Taiwan is up in New Jersey. Talik Robbins is in Pennsylvania. And they do things a little differently up northeast when it comes to school, particularly when you interject COVID into the situation that calls so much classroom time. So these guys are not going to wrap up their high school academic careers until around the middle of June. Uh, there is zero concern for any of the three of those guys. They're all on the way. They've just got to finish up some things that uh, weren't timely in nature in terms of them being able to report uh, at the first of the month. Well, you're quite familiar with what newcomers are going through in their first week. So how do they bring them along slowly or integrate them into it gradually to allow them to settle in for the first week or two? Yeah, you know, you, you've got some orientation things that you're going to go through, uh, you know, a lot of them are meeting their roommate for the first time. Uh, you've got to understand how your monthly stipend is delivered to you when you get that. Uh, you've got to, uh, you know, you, you've got to get acclimated to the strength and conditioning program when you're going to be there and, you know, what is required of you. Uh, all kind of stuff like that. You've got to go through your physicals and that's what they're doing right now, sickle cell tests and whatnot, uh, to make sure they're A-OK. And, uh, you know, that's that's a big part of reporting for the first time. As you, you know, as you well know, we've had careers ended because they, the kids get to campus and they, they discover something, a heart murmur or, or, you know, some kind of sickle cell trait or something that could possibly, you know, be dangerous for them to continue playing. But have heard nothing like that. Uh, I'm not even sure at this point they've gone through physicals yet, but it's all about an acclimation process. It's a lot different. I mean, you're not sleeping with mom and dad in their house anymore. I mean, you're on your own. Nobody's telling you what time to go to bed. Uh, nobody's telling you what to do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it, there's, there's so much uh, that we don't cover that, that is big at this time of the year from a maturity standpoint, you know, you've got to grow up pretty darn quick when you get the college football program. As you reported, Braylon Brown, a wide receiver, J.J. Henry, wide receiver, offensive lineman Jaden Williams, defensive lineman Demarcus Smith, defensive lineman Jabran Hawkins, offensive lineman Cedric Nicely, offensive lineman Eric Cade, kicker Caden Costa. Okay, if you're an Ole Miss fan and you hear those names, which one mm -hmm. of those guys, when they were signed, did Ole mm -hmm. Miss had visions of immediately contributing? Caden Costa, the kicker. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's no big secret, I don't think. I mean, you scholarship a kicker out of high school, that's rare. Uh, you better be a really good kicker, you know, Gary Wonderlick-type kicker, okay? Caden Costa is that type of a kicker. Obviously, Ole Miss struggled in the place-kicking department last year with field goals and PATs and uh, even before that, the year before as well. Uh, the kicking position is wide open, and I think this high school freshman is going to – this college freshman straight out of high school is going to come in and win that job. Um, you know, we didn't pay a lot of attention to field goal and PAT kicking back in the spring for that very reason. We knew Caden Costa was on his way. And, uh, you know, so if you want to talk about a freshman of impact, probably the one freshman that is going to make the biggest impact this fall 
is the kicker, Caden Costa. Again, he's on scholarship. And, um, you know, that does not happen very often. Most of the time you ask a kicker to walk on, he develops for a couple of years, you gain confidence in him, you put him on scholarship at the end of his career, just like with Luke Logan. Uh, But uh, Costa arrives on full scholarship. Is J.J. Henry a strictly slot wide receiver? You know, I don't know. I hate to pigeonhole a kid into uh, into just that role. Uh, but, I mean, when you look at it, you, you kind of say slot. You kind of think slot. But, uh, again, man, you know, it's so hard to put expectations on the shoulders of these freshmen. Look, J.J. Henry could line up in high school. He's going to beat every corner that's trying to cover him. Um, you know, he is uh, he's he's quicker and faster than anybody on a high school football field, and then all of a sudden he's going to have corners or safeties covering him that are bigger, faster, stronger than him, and they hit a lot harder than what he was used to in high school. So you got to give time for that to catch up to itself as well, and and let these guys get get comfortable with this level. It is such a huge jump. It is hard to describe. And I don't care how big of a high school you played at, what state you played high school ball in, there's zero comparison to what you're going to face the first day you step on that practice field as an Ole Miss Rebel. The reason I ask, is Ole Miss's starting slot and starting tight end currently on campus? Uh You know what, man? Um, That's a great question. Maybe but probably not as far as the tight end position goes, okay? Now, I think they could get through a season with Demarcus Thomas, Casey Kelly, uh, uh, Chase Rogers. Um, Hudson you know, Wolf. All of Hudson Wolf, if, if you know, Hudson is, uh, you know, fully, fully ready to go. Because all those guys bring a little something different to the table. So, you know, you may not have one stud tight end like you had with Kenny Yaboa, but you got enough guys on that roster right now that I think the position can be made to be serviceable. Obviously, you want a playmaker there. I don't know if that playmaker is on campus yet. I think Hudson Wolf could develop into that guy as his career goes on, but right now you're talking about a true freshman. As far as the slot goes, I mean, you know, I wish we'd have seen more of Ja'Kur Pearson in the spring. We didn't do the injury. Um, he is certainly going to be a factor there. And then, you know, the million-dollar question, and I'm not even sure it's a question much more, is uh, John Rice Plumley and how much time he's going to get at the slot. He's going to get time there. They're going to use him there. But, Ben, my biggest fear is, will their need for John Rice at quarterback reduce the the time that they're willing to put him in the slot. Uh, And and what I mean by that is after watching spring ball, look, Kincaid Dent, Luke Altmaier are both promising quarterbacks, but neither one of them are ready for the keys to the car. If, you know, Lord forbid anything happened to Matt Corral. And I know John Rice Plumlee is not the perfect plug and play quarterback in Lane Kiffin's offense, but, He's taken the car around the track for a bunch of laps before. He's got the experience. He can do some things dynamically. 
that would add to that offense. But you worry about how the passing game would be if John Rice had to be the quarterback in this offense. And, and you don't want to change the entire system, you know, in, in midstream just for one guy. But, I mean, you may disagree, but right now I think, you know, if anything happened to Matt Corral, John Rice Plumley still has to be the quarterback for the Ole Miss Rebels. In a pinch, yes, I agree with you. God forbid anything happened to Matt Corral, because then the season's pretty much over. But if something, God forbid, happened to Matt Corral, in that game, John Rice goes in, but then you prepare one of Kincaid Dent or Luke Altmaier moving forward. But are we even See, sure, I, I, are we even sure, positive, that John Rice is still going to be here? Because I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I think so. I think that would be shocking at this point if John Rice uh, okay. announced he was not going to be here. I really and truly do. I mean, you know, John Rice is, is uh, you know, certainly adored by the fans here at Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would just be shocked. I, I totally would be shocked if he's not here. Not saying there's not a possibility, but I, I would be shocked. Um, so I do think he's going to be here. Um I think he's going to help this football team. But again, you know, that's that's Ole Miss's season in a nutshell. Keep Matt Corral healthy. Because, uh, you know, watching spring ball, I mean, you know, and, and, and obviously players are still getting better between now and by the time kickoff arrives. But I think Luke Altmaier has a tremendously bright future here. I love his arm. Uh, I think Kincaid Dent can become a serviceable offense here at Ole Miss. But again, you know, Dent needs more game time, more game experience, uh, you know, before you put him in charge of, of the huddle and the offense, I think. And he'll get that eventually, but I just don't know if he's got enough of it right now. Well, it leads me into my first recruiting question. So let's do a recruit check. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Check it. Recruit check. Are you surprised, David? with how quiet it's been for Ole Miss in the transfer portal since spring football has ended? A little bit. A little bit I am. Uh, you know, I figured they would be more aggressive uh, up until this point. Now, I think in the last couple of days, we've seen them get more aggressive for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, a little surprise. I thought we would see a little bit more activity during the month of May, which we've seen zero. Um, and, uh but, you know, uh, I think the staff has shown, Lane Kiffin has shown, he's kind of a deliberate mover in terms of uh, recruiting. And uh, it's got to be the right kid, the right fit, and the right time. And, um, you know, I think that may be some of what we're interpreting to be slow uh, is just being cautious and careful. Okay, so when will there be movement if there ever is movement? At the particular positions of need, is there a timeline, like, say, end of June, July, or is it just before fall camp? Well, I think we would be remiss if we took our eyes off the portal for one second. Right. Um, I think between now and by the time fall camp opens, you know, it's open open range in, in, in the portal, and uh, we have to be on top of it and, and watch it every single day. Uh, I don't think you could say it's between this point and this point. Uh, it's between now and fall camp opening up. I'll keep that timeline in mind. So should you, Ole Miss fan listening to this podcast. So the camp season starts this weekend. You're going to be busy. I think it's 14 straight days. The dummies version of what is coming up for Ole Miss as far as the camp circuit. Yeah, basically, uh, you know, between June 14th and June 18th is when Ole Miss will have all of its camps. Um, there is a possibility they may have one towards the uh, end of July. Uh, that remains to be determined right now. It all kicks off this Friday night, June 4th, with the first installment of Friday Night Lights. That's what they're calling them. Every Friday night for three straight weeks, a big top prospect camp going on inside the Manning Center. Um, this Saturday, you're going to have two camps going on simultaneously. The big man camp for the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman will be going on. Usually that's held on the outdoor practice fields. And then uh, seven-on-seven seven high school camp, which you'll have uh, you know, high school teams, seven-on-seven seven squads in the summertime all coming in. None of these elite teams like uh, the Mississippi Heat or anybody like that that's just loaded with prospects from different schools. These are high schools only. So uh, you'll get a wide array of, of colleges, of, of college prospects there, uh, you know, that, uh, that range anywhere from the, the D3 recruit all the way up to the guys Ole Miss is looking at. And very often in camps like this, you'll look around, and Ole Miss will have invited, like, Tennessee Martin staff in to watch because they're not recruiting against Martin for anybody. Alcorn State staff might be there to watch because there are kids there that Ole Miss might not have any interest in that these FCS schools and others might. So, uh, you know, big days. I mean, this is, this is really and truly one of the, one of the most exciting times of the year, because not only are the kids camping, 
and the coaching staffs deciding whether or not these kids have what it takes to uh, to potentially be an Ole Miss Rebel. But these kids are checking out the coaching staff too. They're getting coached by these guys, getting familiar. Hey, do I want to play for this guy? Uh, you know, there's always time that they're going to check out the campus, you know, check out the square, all that kind of stuff. It's really recruit palooza, Ben. I mean, for the next two weeks for the Ole Miss spirit. And uh, we're excited about it. And, and actually, we brought in a little additional help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to make sure we cover every single corner of this, Tyler Comus, and uh, you and I both know Tyler and know the good work he does, uh, is going to be out there at the Manning Center with me for the next two weeks. And uh, we're going to bring it all back home to our, our, our readers that we we love and appreciate so much. I had an Ole Miss athletic media relations representative text me after you announced it on Twitter that Tyler was coming on. Good hiring, Comus. Best student reporter I've seen in my time here. So there you go. Going to be helping you out there yeah. with all that hard-hitting recruiting news. But here's the thing. What can Ole Miss fans expect as far as news? Now, every Ole Miss fan is just going to want to hear about commitments. So what is the expected news? What can they expect from camps? Yeah, you know, you'll you'll probably end up with a couple of commitments this month. But again, Lane and his staff are closers. They proved that last year, all right? And they're going to close when it's time to close, which is in October, November, December, in the run-up to National Signing Day. So I don't think think necessarily they're going to be in we-must-close mode while all these camps are going on. Again, the word deliberate. I think they're going to soak it in. They're going to see these kids. They're going to start building some face-to-face relationships with these kids for the first time ever, thanks to COVID. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's really where things start to ramp up. But but I don't think it's time to, to start pressuring things uh, in terms of trying to get forced commitments because time after time, and you, all, you see this, it doesn't matter what school it is, you got to re-recruit them all over come November and December. So, uh, you know, these early commitment things, I think, are a little bit overrated um, because then you're in a battle the rest of the way to just hang on to them. So I think what you're going to see is a lot of really keen evaluation going on. Uh, and again, relationship building this summer on both sides of the ball. I mean, again, Ben, they haven't been face-to-face with recruits in 15 months. Yep. Okay. And it's a lot different than doing it online versus being able to set a kid down in your office with his mom and dad, look them in the eye, shake their hands, laugh with them, smile with them, answer their questions in the same room. All that gets kick-started Friday. Yep. And uh, it is very, very, very important. We talk about move-in day, and this is the first time these coaches are meeting these kids face-to-face, and they recruited them for a year. And I've covered Ole Miss yeah. football and Ole Miss athletics for 13 years and I used to do this every single year until we merged. And then thankfully, thank God, you took me away from this and I don't have to do it anymore. But I remember that lifestyle a long time ago. But after COVID, it's foreign again, right? So I think the expectation totally. of what's coming and uh, getting back to normal, will there be an actual normal? Or will some of the stuff that came in during COVID stick as far as recruiting? I don't know. But this is well, we're embarking on a whole new world here as far as camp coverage. Oh, oh, there's no doubt. And then you throw in the portal situation now and how that's going to change recruiting. And uh, no, so what we called normal a couple of years ago, I don't think that's ever coming back. I really don't. I mean, now you're in a situation where, look, if I'm a coach at a Power 5 program and I've got a tweener out there that I really am thinking about offering, 
but just quite hasn't shown me what I need to see for me to be able to tie a scholarship up on this kid. Why don't I just let him, I set back, I let him go to Tennessee Martin and see what he does up there in year one. And if he's burning it up and tearing it up, I'll go, you know what? I was right. So, you know, there are channels out there. We're not talking Ole Miss specifically. We're talking general college football here. There are channels out there that you can let the first team Ohio Valley all-conference safety that led the league in tackles and now all of a sudden looks like an NFL prospect know that, hey, if you want to leave your FCS school and come to my Power 5 school where you get a stipend every month, in addition to a full ride scholarship, hit the portal, man. We're ready for you. There are ways of communicating that. And if you don't think that's going to change the face of college football recruiting, look, you're wrong. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. It's going to reduce the number of high school players college football programs take with their initial signing class. That's going to be the main thing that you're going to see as a fan. All of a sudden, it's going to be early signing period. You go, we got 25 spots. We only took 14 high school players. What the hell? Well, there's 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 madness behind that method. And the madness is, the, the method behind the madness is the transfer portal. Okay? I mean, you save those spots. It, it reduces the amount of gambling you've got to do on a high school prospect. You're taking surefire can't miss guys. And then the rest of them, let them go into the farm system. When you get ready to call them up, call them up. That's just the honest, brutal truth. And that's something the NCAA has yet to present an answer for in all of this free transfer stuff. Well, quickly, before we jump to Tyler Myers here on Talk of Champions, if you're an Ole Miss fan and you looked at the success of Lane Kiffin and staff last year in recruiting and where they finished, now that they get to talk to these players in person, is it fair to have higher expectations for where they could finish at the end of the year? Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and, and that's not a, a just, uh, you know, shoot from the hip statement because they finished sixth in the SEC last year in recruiting. All right. That's, that's big time right there. But I do think that if they can couple year two in Oxford together with winning eight or nine or more games this fall, then this 22 class could outrank the 21 class when all is said and done. And again, we're probably not going to be sitting around thinking that in September. This, this staff, they're late closers. Okay. But they're successful closers just as they showed us last year. So expectations higher for this class. Yes. He's David Johnson, my compadre at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and a food of 247 sports. I love having you on for two reasons. One, the information is always great, but two, the birds are always chirping. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. I'm always on the back porch, man. That was David Johnson, my compadre at the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com. And affiliate of 247 Sports, this is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett, at Spirit Ben. You can follow David on Twitter, at Rebels247. Bradley Sal will be back for both shows next week. Just some scheduling stuff that went down this week. But he'll be back next week, and we'll touch on all Ole Miss baseball stuff, football stuff, whatever pops up, we'll be talking about it. So Bradley Sal coming back next week. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast. Doesn't matter.
Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, iTunes, you name it. If you search Talk of Champions, you'll find us. Check out my website, The Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and the food of 247 Sports, which will have full coverage of the Oxford Regional this weekend, as well as football camps coming up, as David was just talking about, and anything and everything Ole Miss that might pop up that is newsworthy. So the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and the food of 247 Sports. Going to go now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Ole Miss reliever Tyler Myers. Before we do, let's hear from BNA Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Oxford, Mississippi is always at its best in the spring and summer. The sun is shining, the square is popping, and you actually now get to go back to Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What could be better? But the only way to truly enjoy everything that Oxford and Ole Miss has to offer is to make sure you're still taking care of yourself, keeping yourself safe, and that you have a pharmacy you know you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Going now to the Modern Woodman Phone Line to speak to Ole Miss pitcher Tyler Myers. Tyler was a big story in the SEC tournament. And now as Ole Miss turns to the Oxford Regional, I bet he's going to be a big story there too. Hey, buddy, what's up? How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. The Oxford Regional's coming up, Tyler. So once y'all heard the news in the room, what was the reaction when you saw the field, saw the teams that are coming to Oxford? Oh, we're excited. We love being at home, having all the fans, crazy crazies out there supporting us. And it's just uh, good to be back from Hoover and be back at home and be able to play on our home field against some great competition. We'll talk about Hoover in a second, but something that's really fascinating to me is thinking about how much has happened since the last time there was postseason baseball in Oxford. Now, obviously, COVID hit in 2020, y'all had won 16 to 17 games, and you lost the season, but you had undergone Tommy John surgery. So you go from pitching and being a big part of the bullpen in a 2019 postseason run to a super and sweeping a regional to Tommy John, to recovery, all the COVID stuff. Have you had time to just reflect on what a wild, crazy, weird ride it's been for the last year and a half for you? Oh, yeah. It's definitely been a journey. And, you know, 
the whole Tommy John thing happening during the COVID season was definitely a blessing in disguise. You know, I was able to just reflect and kind of find out about who I really am during that time period since, you know, I didn't have baseball in my life. I was just, you know, going with Josh Porter each day, about two hours doing rehab. So out of those two hours, instead of being at the field for six hours, just with the guys, you know, I was able to find myself off the field, grow relationships with friends, God, and, you know, get closer with my family, even though I'm far nine hours away, but just finding out who, who I am, what makes me happy off the field. You know, that, that was the biggest blessing that I had in my life during that time period. And then obviously it just carried on throughout this year and being more positive and, and having that positive energy it creates a good culture within the team. And I think that's what made us go this year was just that positivity. You're one of the most positive people I've ever met. It doesn't matter if it's been professionally or personally. Even for someone like you, Tommy John has to be challenging, right? And Gunner's undergoing this. He's going to be dealing with this type of rehab moving forward for about a year and a half, however long it takes him. What were the biggest challenges of it? Was it just being away from everybody? Was it how dejecting it can be to have to deal with that injury for a pitcher? Because it used to be a death sentence. It's not a death sentence anymore. I think an 80% recovery rate. Y'all get over it now. But still, when it first hits you, it's got to be pretty scary and something that's overwhelming in a way. Oh, yeah. You definitely kind of, you know, growing up, you know, baseball is our identity, you know. And so you get a setback and you know you're not going to be able to throw a baseball for six months. You're like, wow, like, what do I do, you know? So I just grew a really good relationship with my coaches and Josh Porter and had a lot of accountability. And they just kind of kept me, you know, in the right mindset that, you know, I'm the, I'm a good guy that's going to bounce back from this. And so just having that trust from them and knowing that I have something to prove and, and make them proud that's what really kind of kept me going. And then of course my family with their support throughout the whole thing, you know, always checking on me, you know, weekly, bi-weekly, you know, just, just trying to make, make people proud and make my hometown and, and Oscar proud that I can come back and be successful and show that if other people get injured, I want to be an inspiration to them and be like, wow, I want to be like that guy where he can come back. And that means I can come back if I get injured. So that was kind of my biggest thing is just trying to be an inspiration to other people throughout my experience. Have you talked to Gunnar about it? Oh yeah. Um, I mean, as soon as I heard the news, I was, I was on his butt. Like, you know, Gunnar, like if anybody, you're the hardest, you're, you're the hardest worker here. You know, you're, you're so down to earth. You're the humblest guy. I know like you're a first round draft pick out of high school. You're going to be another first round draft pick out of, out of college. And he doesn't act like it one bit. He's the most nicest guy you'll ever meet. Won't we'll, we'll even talk about you know his success, and he's he's just one of the greatest people, and he's gonna work his butt off and and take care of his body to come back primed and ready, even better than he was this year. That's scary to think about because that guy coming from his freshman year to now, man, the progress he made is just oh, it's insane. And another such, thing too that I always such, think about such big improvement. Oh, it's huge, and and something I always think about and frankly complain about. You had two years with Doug and Gunner leading the rotation. One's wiped out because of COVID, and the other one, Gunner has to have Tommy John surgery. When everybody looks back and says, what's one of the most regrettable old Miss things to happen in sports? That's going to be one of them, because that sucks. Yeah, those are probably the two best starters that we have back-to-back on the weekend, in my opinion, in Ole Miss history. Like, it's, it's insane, the amount of talent and 
that they have and it's it's so so fun to watch each weekend it, it, it's been so so fun to watch these past three years just seeing gunner go you know sundays on his freshman year and now you see him a friday night guy just electric stuff and his improvements and then doug decay's just been doug decay each year he's just crafty lefty filling it up just an energy giver and it's it just spreads, you know, it makes everybody else want to be better. I was talking to Greg Kessinger about this on Monday. When Doug showed up, the very first time he pitched, he was like this. Like he was saying, here's my stuff, try to hit it. And that was from the first hitter oh, yeah. squad. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think there's anybody else on this planet that has a name, has a day named after him, Doug Day. Like, <laughs> it's so cool. Doug Day. Doug Day. You know he's going to win. It's Doug Day, you know, so that confidence that everyone has behind him, I think that he, he thrives on that, you know, he, he's, he's such a competitor and he's going to go out and do it for us. You having been through the Tommy John process and trying to stay a part of the team, not feel like you're off to the side while all these things are happening, all the baseball things are happening, that you're still in that clubhouse, oh, yeah. that you're still a part of it. How did you stay involved and how do you keep Gunner involved as y'all prepare and head now into the postseason? Yeah, so, you know, my biggest thing throughout that time was, you know, just being a great teammate. So during that time, I wasn't able to play. So I wasn't really focused on, you know, my day in and day out improvements, but um, just inside the training room. You know, I made a point to, to my mom and I was like, man, like I really want – I feel like I don't have a, a deep connection with my teammates my first year here. And so my biggest thing whenever I got injured was like, all right, like each new guy and even the older guys, like I'm going to grow a friendship, you know, not just a teammate friendship, just like a deep connection friendship with, with multiple guys. So like each week I kind of had a guy in mind where it was like, all right, I'm going to ask this guy like, Hey, let's cook out at the house or let's go grab some dinner and just, you know, find out who is this person you know like not just the number that he wears on the back of his jersey like I want to know about you and so that was my biggest thing was just growing those connections with my teammates and it just made made us so much closer you know like you know you got his back you know his backstory all the all the adversity he's faced throughout his career because every player has gone through some some adversity some type of hiccup throughout their career and so or even during life, you know, like hardships through life with family members. So like that was my biggest thing was just trying to grow a deeper friendship with my teammates and just have no regrets with anything that happened. So is that where T Money came from? Uh so the name T Money actually I think it came from junior college. Like whenever I first stepped on campus, I was like, Yeah, people call me uh like Big T, T Money, T My and Kind of the TMI and T-Money kind of stuck that first year, and then now it's, now it's just TMI. <laughs> when I think about your process, and I don't want to keep going back to Tommy John, but it's such a long, arduous process. Mm -hmm. If I'd have told you on day one or maybe week one of that process, and it's just such a slow burn and slow build up, that you would have that mm -hmm. Hoover moment early on in your process, what would Tyler Myers have said? I knew it would have happened. I had the confidence in myself, but, you know, looking that far down in the road, I couldn't, I couldn't really see that, you know, I would, 
I would get the start, you know, that was such a cool experience to have that trust in my coaches, you know, coach B came up to me right after the game before. And he was like, Hey, you know, you're a veteran guy and talk to the coaches and coach Clem and coach Blast said, give team out the ball. And so he rolled with it. So just to have that, that trust in my coaches was so hard for me. And, you know, if I was back in 2020, whenever I first got hurt, I was just a pin guy. I had never started since junior college. So I was just, I was just going to add in my mind, you know, I'm going to try to be the best, best pin guy there is be a little long release guy. And getting the start was, it was, it was amazing. I loved every moment of it. And this whole week was so special to me. See, that's something I asked Mike. I said, okay, you knew you were going to have this day. If y'all made a deep run in the sec tournament where all year, the question has been, who's the fourth starter? especially now with Gunner down. So you knew you were going to have this day where if y'all made a run, you had to make a choice. And it sounded like for him that was pretty easy when he thought, okay, Tyler Myers. Because of all the options, Mm -hmm. you're the veteran. You go out there and compete. I need somebody to go out there and compete his ass off. Tyler Myers will go out there. Yeah. Or even the success that you've had, you know, throughout the season. You know, I I would say I haven't had the best season that I've had my, my entire career, but like, that's what I pride on. Like whenever I step on the mound, I'm going to come out. I'm going to say, here, here's my stuff. I'm going to throw it in the zone. And if you hit it, you hit it. And I missed the spot. That's on me. It's not, it's not anybody else's fault. It's my fault. So like just being a competitor, you know, and having that, that energy and people see that, you know, your teammates see that. And that's what I try to do. Cause if they see the pitcher on the mound, that's controlling the game, having this competitive attitude, you're going to have these batters come up to play and be like, all right, I'm chasing this fastball, seeing this fastball, and I'm going to hit the heck out of it. Or you got your fielders behind you, like, just on their tiptoes. You know, you're not walking anybody. You're not, you know, doing all this and that. Like, everyone's ready to go whenever they see that attitude. So that's one thing that I pride on myself is just having that competitive mindset. And I get it from Doug, you know. Doug's just like that. You know, you see him. When he's in the dugout, he kind of feels the vibe in the dugout, and he's able to, to match that. And to bring that energy and to like bring that spark in that dugout, that's where it all starts. You know, it starts with everybody just having that right mindset and the right, you know, energy levels. When did you know in the start against Vanderbilt that you had it, that you had it working? Uh, Honestly, the first inning, I gave up those back-to-back hits and then I struck out two. And I looked at my uncle, my uncle and my aunt were here from Virginia. And, uh, they were sitting third base, a little elevated, and I step on the mound, and I can see them. And my uncle, he played pro ball for about two years at the Chicago Cubs. And so he's always been my, you know, my inspiration. He's always giving me insights, like mindset stuff. Like he's always telling me, get big, get strong uh, in the mind, not just physically. And uh, I struck out these two guys, and I kind of just like glanced over there, and I saw his smile, and I was like, okay. Like I'm here, like I'm in Hoover, I'm in a big setting, I'm facing one of the, like the best hitting nation team. And kind of like, after that, I was like, it's go time, you know, like I'm locking it down. And whenever I got in the dugout, when you're sitting on the bench, you can't really see what's going on. So like, I couldn't really see the the outing that lighter was having, you know, 
So that kind of just kept my, my mind staying and my mind focused on my teammate. And then going out to pitch, I was I didn't care who stepped in the batter's box. I just had my relationship with Dunhurst and just being strong, like just executing each pitch, just each pitch. All right, slide away, execute. Like not caring who's in the batter's box, whether they have this batting average, how many home runs they've hit. Like that doesn't matter right now, you know? So that was my biggest mindset was just, you know, fill it up, ex- execute each pitch, and see where it goes from there. We'll jump right back to Ole Miss reliever Tyler Myers in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Finally, at long last, Oxford is getting back to normal. The sun is shining. Those dreary winter months, they're behind us. Better yet, you actually get to experience Ole Miss Athletics events in person. What a world. What better way to get there than in a new car, truck, or Jeep? The only place to go for your next vehicle is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. They'll take care of you. And I know, because I've bought a car there myself. And the experience was too easy. Seamless, even. Their only goal is to get you in the vehicle you've always wanted at a good price. So reach out today. Don't wait. Give them a call. 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Or stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's 2201 East University Avenue. Just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Sheep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. I think I asked you after the game, I was like, okay, what was the plan? And you said all the things you're supposed to say, you know, the three pitch mix and all this kind of stuff. And I feel like if yeah. it weren't just a bunch of people on this zoom call, if it was just you and me, you probably would have mm-hmm. said, here's my stuff, try to hit it, but I'm yeah. just going to go at guys. Yeah. I mean, coach B had talked to me before, you know, he said, you don't got to throw it harder. I mean, you've been sitting at 88, 91, your whole, your whole time here. You don't try to throw 93, 95. I mean, it's not, you're going to be a little less, your command's not going to be as there. It's like, they have the scouting report. They know what you're going to throw. Make them hit it, you know, make them miss, make them swing through it, break some thumbs, throw it inside. So that was our biggest thing was just being able to execute each pitch in, out, up, down. You knew it was special in the moment, right? Oh yeah. And then it, I, um, so I've had three encounters with, Tim Corbin. And after graduate, when we had uh, the graduation ceremony on the field, the next day, uh, I'm the fungo hitter during BP. And uh, he comes up to me and he congratulated me and he said, like, that's awesome. Like, what are your plans? And some of my plans is grad school and stuff. And then saw him in the hotel, we're going down the elevator and he was just talking about the weekend, about us and about them. And wish us luck. And then for him to be able to come up to me after the game and shake my hand, it, it was just so much respect. Like he's such a tremendous coach. He has such a great career. And right after that, I was like, it kind of sunk in like, wow, this really happened. You know, to have, a, to have a head coach from Vanderbilt, number one team in the nation for like the past, how many, who knows how many years, like every kid's dream is to play for Vanderbilt because they're the top ranked team. I just to have Tim Corbin come up to me and shake my hand and congratulate me and tell me how great of a job I did. And it was awesome to watch that. Um, that's when it kind of hit me. I was like, wow, like we really did that as a team. We did that. You know, I did that. Like it was, it was such a, such a great moment. I had no idea 
until I think it was Chris from the Rebel Walk said it on the Zoom call that you had gotten into grad school. What's the grad school plan for you? And look, you got another year. This doesn't have to be it for you at Ole Miss. I mean, you could pitch another year here. No, this is my last year. I don't have any more eligibility. Really? I thought everybody got a yeah. COVID year. I just I thought with you redshirting that you still got another year. So no, this is it. Yeah, this is it. I actually went up to I actually asked Coach Laugh about a month ago because the grad grad school thing happened. I was like, Coach Laugh, do I have another year of eligibility? He's like, <laughs> No, I'm like ninety nine point nine 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 percent, you know, because you got hurt and then COVID happened. So it basically made up for the year or something like that. So what? I don't, unfortunately. What? Yeah. Are you going to pursue professional baseball or are you just going to go to grad school? I don't know. Um, so grad school was kind of just, um, kind of just happened. So it was kind of a, kind of a weird story. So in the beginning of the year, I got nominated for a couple of scholarships for graduate school. And I told, uh, John Nance who works with in FedEx. I was like, nah, like, I'm just going to try to play out play out baseball, see where that goes. You know, if I happen to get drafted or ton of free agency, I talk to my mom and going to try it out for two or three years and see where it takes me. And then, you know, maybe come back to, back to Oxford or, you know, pursue grad school. And then um, about a month ago, I learned or I found out that we had a new program being involved in, in, at Ole Miss and it's a master of science and athletic training. I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. Like, my experience of going through rehab and just seeing Josh Porter, like I would love to do that and stay around sports and be in that the athletic field. And it was funny because the next day after I learned about this program, John Nance called me again. He said, Hey, um, you know, there's another nomination for the Porter stuff. And so he told me all about it. And I was like, let's do it. Like, I'm going to go to grad school because I got a really good scholarship. And I was like, I'm excited. You know, academics has always been something that's been close to my heart. My parents have always raised me saying academics are very important. You know, stays with you. Your degree will stay longer with, stay longer with you than, than baseball will. So, I mean, I don't mind it. I, I love school. I love learning. And especially now it's something where I don't have to take the, the basic freshman classes of the English and the maths where, you know, it's not going to go towards my degree really. It's all, you know, specific towards what I love. Uh, I'm more excited. I, I can't wait for it. And no matter what happens with professional baseball, you're still going to be around baseball. And if you're at Ole Miss yeah. and in grad school, yeah. oh, you'll just walk over to Swayze every day and shadow Josh. That'll be perfect. Oh, yeah. My second year, I'll be like like the grad assistant basically of, of baseball. So oh, God, I love that. It, it, it's awesome. I, it's, and then like the first year, I've talked to Coach Boone, and he's going to allow me to – you know, stick around and kind of shadow him up in the, in the weight room. Cause that's what I originally wanted to do. That's what I wanted my, my career to be was to be a, a strength and conditioning coach for, you know, whether it was high school or whether it was a private institute, you know, owning my own business, I kind of wanted to be like the next Eric Cressy. And um, so having the athletic training certification alongside the experience that I've had, we'll have with, you know, a couple of internships that I've had and, you know, my experiences with Coach Boone, it sets me, sets me up for success of, you know, possibly owning my own business and institute one day. We've gotten this far. I haven't even asked you about the Oxford Regional coming up. Um, looking at this weekend, Southern Miss, Florida State, SEMO, 
Southern Miss has an argument to be the best two seed in the entire tournament. Florida State has an argument to be mm-hmm. the best three seed in the entire tournament. And then SEMO has an argument to be the best four seed in the entire tournament. So knowing that it's going to be a tough regional, what is kind of the expectation? Does anything change at all? Because talking to Tim, talking to Doug, nothing for them has changed. Oh, we love it. We love that we're the, we have the hardest regional and that we're faced with the Tucson regional, which is like the second hardest, you know, regional. We love it. You know, we, we just played in Hoover, played in the SEC tournament, and that's going to be the hardest tournament, hardest five games, six games we've ever played until we get to them all, you know? So I think just having that great competition, it keeps us on our toes as a team. Um, and we're ready. We're, we're really good. We've been playing best baseball, you know, this whole time we've, we've always been, we haven't gotten to the term we're hot. We've just played good baseball throughout this whole season and and we're ready as a team. Well, something that's a sneaky, interesting storyline here is as far as bullpen options go in 2019, Taylor Broadway wasn't a big part of the bullpen. Jack Doherty wasn't here. Brandon Johnson wasn't here. But if you had to give some advice for those guys, they're such big parts of the bullpen that haven't experienced this before of what to expect now that you're in regional play. What do you tell them? I mean, it, it goes back to just the roots of baseball. You know, kind of when Cody had his start, I talked to him and I gave him kind of what was going through my head. I said, it's just another day of baseball. You've been playing this since, since you were seven years old. You know, whenever I was pitching against Vanderbilt, it felt like I was just playing Timberball. And I told him, I was like, even though there's 18,000 fans here, you're going to step on that mound and you're so locked in. You're not even going to like realize that there's that many people here. You know, don't worry about what's in the other person's dugout. Focus your energy on us and you'll be successful. So I think just for the bullpen guys coming up for this regional, you know, soak it in before you come into the pitch, like realize like the atmosphere you're in and, and, you know, be thankful for, for what's happening and, and the opportunity you're getting. But once it comes down to the, to stepping on the mound, it's go time, you know, just having that bulldog mentality and just go out and compete and give it your best stuff and give it your best shot. And, Whatever happens, it's in God's hands, and it's his platform that he's laid down for us. So I think it's just having that that energy and that, that confidence is what kept all of us in it. Y'all are dealt so many different blows throughout the year. And it's not just Gunner. It's not just Tim. Doug went down for a little bit. Kel Baker went down for a little bit. I mean, I could keep listing mm-hmm. off Peyton Shatney after the first weekend. I could keep listing off a number of different guys that went down, and y'all seemingly just kept coming back. What was so particularly special about this team that allows y'all to keep bouncing back? I mean, everybody on this team is just so talented, you know, so talented and they want to play. So once they got that time, you know, their playing time, they wanted to prove that they're, they're meant to be there. And I think that's what really helps is that just having that opportunity from each guy and kind of having these goals to keep up, you know, the person that got hurt you know, keep up their success that they were having and just keep on doing it and learning from, you know, what made them successful. And I think as a team, we have such great communication between each other. You know, it's like we learn so much from each other. And that's that's the best thing that I've ever seen within a team from this year is like 
the ability and the accountability between each teammate of whether someone's having like a bad game or a bad weekend, you're able to go talk to somebody on the team and, and find out like, okay, how are you being so successful and what can I do to learn from that? So it's not just like the coaches, you know, you think, oh, the coaches are doing this and that. It's like, no, we're learning from the coaches, but we're also learning from each other. And I think that's what's really helped us. Well, Ole Miss has made it to Omaha once since the 70s, and that was in 2014. Yara went away in 2019. Is there anything you can take away from that 2019 experience that can apply to this year, or is every year just unique to itself? Every year is unique. You know, each team is, is so different that each year. You know, Coach B kind of said it last night whenever we were at the, the banquets and awards ceremonies, and he mentioned – you know, each team, you're not going to have that same team back, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of hard to dictate, you know, what could we change from that 2019? Cause we have such different players. Like we had a lot more bombers on the team in 2019 than this year. And then, you know, I think our pitching staff is, is better than that 2019 year where we have a lot more depth, even like off the bench or, you know, you got John Rice Plumley coming in in the sixth, seventh inning. And you love it. You know, he's going to get on base for somebody and he's going to steal a couple bags and he's going to make plays. Kate Sam's going to come out and make plays like he did against Auburn. First inning out there, he makes, you know, a catch that saved a couple runs that dictates the ball game. So I think it's just that. We have those game changer uh, players on this team. And I think that's just going to help us and just keep playing the same game that we've played all year and we'll be successful. So has Mike told you all the pitching plans for this weekend? Uh, no, he hasn't. I think. I mean, I don't really know. Everyone's ready for their opportunity. I think. And I think the starting rotation's pretty there. But you know, for the bullpen, everyone's just everyone's eager to get out there and going to be ready to go. Can't wait to see all the fans back in Soji. Well, last thing I'll let you go. Okay, so looking back now, knowing this is it for you, when you look back on your Ole Miss career. Do you have any regrets about it at all? Oh, it's been everything I've asked for. I I wouldn't take one moment back from all the from anything, whether it was good or bad. I don't I don't regret anything. It's it's made me the most happiest person ever coming to Oxford and and just finding out who I am, the type of person I am coming from junior college and just learning so much and finding a community that just supports you so well. It's it's truly a blessing. I couldn't ask for a better home. He's Tyler Myers, Ole Miss senior right-handed reliever slash starter slash long reliever slash I'll just do anything. Just put me up there and I'll do it. Thank you for doing this, man. That was a lot of fun, man, and uh, we'll do it again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I loved it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.